When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Biscuits with the Boss, a podcast series about Ted Lasso. I'm your host and new manager, Ed Lasso, Edwin Janes. With me are my co-host and new striker, Shawnee Rojas, Hello. Sean Roney. That still doesn't make sense to you yet. He hasn't gotten to it yet. Uh, yeah, that's And uh, Coach Beard, our producer, Alex Ward. No fight club! <laughs> uh, Tighten I- up those lines! <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us in part two of our uh, this experiment podcast series about Ted Lasso. Uh, if you're following along, this will encompass the first five episodes of season one of Ted Lasso, which we have just all binge watched together. And in a very unique experience sort of way, we didn't really talk about it no. the entire time yeah, we were watching not it. Not at all. To that's save true. it for this moment. So, uh, and, and as a refresher, we are coming in from three different perspectives, which is Sean has not watched this before. Mm-hmm. Alex has seen it only once in sort of a disjointed way, and I've seen it a handful of times. So as we jump into, before we jump into this episode, mm-hmm. let's set the timer for 45 minutes as in our first foot, as in the first half mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. a football match. Mm-hmm. And if we hit 45 minutes, we have the opportunity to go up to five minutes of extra time. But we shall see. Tighten Let's up see. those lines. All tell right. Me when you're, tell me when the clock's rolling. And starting it now. And now it's time for kickoff. <laughs> All right, fellas. So even though we've been watching this for the last two and a half hours together, what are your first impressions of the show? I guess, Sean, I'm most interested in your perspective. I love it so far. Okay. It's a, it's a very nice show. I mean, uh, obviously. It's nice. It's nice. It's got a lot of heart. But... Uh, I think you all, it, from from our other podcast, if you know us from our other podcast, you know that I, I love good conflict, mm-hmm. and I think that this show does it really well, and I think that one of my favorite parts about this show is the Rebecca Welton character, the yes. the team owner, yes. is just such a well-done, complicated uh, person. Um, but I guess I should look up what the actress's name is. It's... Um, it's Hannah, the woman that tortures Cersei in the prison. Yeah, uh, Hannah. Yeah, Hannah Waitingham. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's amazing. I I wrote that down. I was like, Rebecca is like an incredibly amazing character. She she like brings so much to the show because right away you're like, well, there's not really. She's definitely cast as the antagonist after the pilot episode. Like at the end yeah. of the pilot, you're like, yeah. oh, she's the bad guy. Right. She, this is the producers type thing. She's trying to take down this team mm-hmm. from the yeah. inside while acting like she isn't. Um. But very quickly, you start to feel a little sympathy for her. And they oh. do such a good job just in the pilot of like, you just get that glance at the tabloid and you realize like, she's been through the ringer with her husband and right. she's she's not happy about doing this. She's in a, she's between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. I almost want to see her succeed in, in casting her revenge on her, <laughs> on uh, Rupert. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, great, no, she's not a villain a at all. Bad rich dude. 
Yeah. Rupert. Rupert. Yeah. She also is uh, making these very quick decisions at the very beginning in the pilot that we see, which is she's uh, she's fired the manager. Mm-hmm. Right. She's getting rid of her art. She offers it to Higgins, mm-hmm. who says no. And she's like, yeah, should have taken it. Auction <laughs> pile. So yeah. she's immediately making these quick decisions to kind of sort of uh, change the state mm-hmm. of the franchise. And part of that comes in bringing in Ted Lasso. Obviously, that's such a long-term decision and is i think intended to be a very slow burn on her part to kind of cause that sort of self-destruction sabotage mm-hmm. of the club but obviously it plays out in a different way but i'm glad i mean i'm 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 interested that that's who you latched on to first because i agree it's a very well-written character yeah mm-hmm. so I, when, yeah. I mean honestly at first i was a little bit i got a little bit worried for a second when she like she's she's, she's like giving him a tour of the of the club mm-hmm. and then she's like oh you didn't know like the press conferences right now yeah. And I was like, that's weird. Like, why would she not? Why would she just not even talk to him about the press conference right beforehand? And then it's like, oh, okay. So she's setting him, yeah. setting him up. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that Rebecca might be one of my favorite parts of it. And also, I, I'm really enjoying Jason Sudeikis. I'm mm-hmm. enjoying Ted yeah. Lasso. He's, he's like, he's cloyingly folksy and like charming in a way that's like, it comes on pretty thick, like his yeah. the way he compliments people and that sort of like relentless optimism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get to that later. But, but it, he is the show does a good job of putting you in this position of a lot of characters in the show, which is he's kind of irresistible. As much as you want to roll your eyes and be like this guy, mm-hmm. you just kind of can't do it for that long. And eventually, he kind of makes you smile. And then yeah. eventually, you're just like, oh man, like it'd be so great to have a. Just have a barbecue with this guy. It must be so fun. <laughs> and when people in, in real life have these sort of mannerisms, you often it often feels like it could be an act. Yeah. But when you spend enough time with, in, in this case, it's a TV character, of course, but it feels more genuine the longer, the more time you spend mm-hmm. with them, the more you see it in practice, and the fact that it doesn't really stop or change or go away. Yeah. Even with adversity, he keeps up with his relentless optimism yes. and his unstoppable sort of positivity. And the show does a really good job of showing other characters kind of confronting that whether it's the journalist Trent Krim from the Independent mm-hmm. really being up front and putting him under the mm-hmm. microscope with a little notepad with no matter what he's doing whether it's um you know Hannah um excuse me Rebecca mm-hmm. uh and the line where Ted even says to her that he's got marital trouble marital troubles because his wife finds his con- constant optimism so uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little grating, you know, yeah, in totally, his marriage. So totally. it's not a perfect trait. He's not no. portrayed as a perfect person in any sort of way. No. And it's fun to see it kind of wear people down. Well, it also it it surprises people. It challenges people whether they have a wall up or whether they have they don't have a wall. I'm th- I'm thinking specifically with like Nathan yeah. and Higgins. They're almost kind of desperate and for someone to just take them seriously and say hello and know their name and care about them. But it's just as shocking to them as it is to like Rebecca, who has this wall up, who's mm-hmm. like, I'm not used to people saying this to me. Same with Higgins. I'm not used to people saying this to me. And it's it's disorienting to both of them in completely different ways. Um, but Jason Sudeikis brings like such a charisma and consistency with Ted Lasso. It just it's irresistible for all of them eventually. And this comes right in the pilot. Like him and Coach Beard say this when they're looking at Roy Kent in the locker room of like, wait till we win him over. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you look at him now. Uh, yeah. And so they plant the seeds of like, they know that their shtick works. Like they yeah. know that eventually people come to their side. Um, you just, you give them nothing yeah. to hate you with. You give them nothing they can latch onto. That's, I mean, that's certainly another favorite part of mine for the show mm-hmm. so far is the, is the friendship between, uh, 
Ted Lasso and uh, Coach Beard. Uh, it's, <laughs> it is played quickly, by Brendan Hunt. Quickly become an all-time TV friendship. Yes. It's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. It's so understated. I mean, we li- we just watched episode five, which ends with Ted Lasso and his wife basically deciding to split up. And just that... Heartbreaking. Yeah. And just that Coach Beard coming in with the pint glass. Not a word it's No dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, you just get the sense they've they've been working together for a lot of years. They speak each other's language. Clearly, they're devoted to each other. I mean, Coach Beard left Kansas, just went to England with Ted right. Lasso, learned a new sport, how to coach it. I'm fascinated by the Coach Beard character. Yeah. I mean, it's like well, because he's so silent at first that you're you're just like, well, he must just be a normal guy. But then <laughs> then not. we see him not. playing chess without the board at the. Uh, at the gala. He was an Illinois State champ in high school. Like he's really, really good at chess. That's oh, impressive. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's really okay. impressive. Illinois is a state, by the way. <laughs> when it came to casting our little show in the roles for the in the roles from Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. I was excited that you kind of slotted in as, as Coach Beard, Alex, because of your affinity for chess. I thought that. Oh, was I thought it was because of my beard. A perfect. <laughs> well, that was that too. Yes. Yeah. My um, beard is still longer. So. Yeah, it's, Sean has the real beard here. <laughs> but we also real. see them have this sort of balance between. Ted Lasso sort of over-talking and over-communicating mm-hmm. and Coach Beard not speaking up very much at all. The point where he says, good kid, Ted Lasso says, wow, if you knew Coach wow. Beard, you know what the, how <laughs> how high praise that is. Yeah, and, we're just tasting the sports mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you get um, Ted Lasso, who is kind of upfront with the fact that he doesn't know the sport, that he's learning mm-hmm. it, and the team's going to give you everything they got. He wants these kids to be the best versions of themselves. Coach Beard is reading the book. Yes, mm-hmm. he's actually learning about the sport. So there's a little bit of balance mm-hmm. where you see that he's got a coaching partner who helps balance out that sort of. Um, I guess it's not inattention to detail. No, but he's focused on big picture. Yes, and Coach Beard is managing the minutia. It, it seems like it seems like Ted is the heart and Coach Beard is the brain. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and that was another is the. What's Nate? <laughs> the stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the gut. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think like. Another impression just on this, This is again, this is the second time I've seen it, and the first time I saw it was like one episode, and then another couple hours later, over the course of three flights, like, mm-hmm. that I finished the whole season. And so now seeing it over and over, like, back to back, I get this sense of, like, the show is remarkably unconcerned with the actual football. It, oh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they don't feel a need to explain how these coaches are translating. You see a shot of Coach Beard reading a book here or there. He's clearly working as best he can to figure out the sport Mm -hmm. and you quickly get to know that coach beard is oh he's an obsessive guy who's gonna like stay up all night reading and figure out how to be the best coach he can Mm -hmm. and so you just sort of like yeah they're figuring it out they got it (laughs) well and i think in comparison to maybe some other sports movies and tv shows i think soccer sets itself up uh to be a little bit more easy to depict on screen i think when you think about basketball that's like you know one of my favorite sports and one that i gravitate there are like very few really good basketball scenes where people actually are where the actors are actually good at playing basketball the skills are so uh i think recognizable for the people that play like you can tell that somebody's never dribbled a basketball Right when they're in the middle of a scene and they're supposed to do something right away where in soccer i think you can do a little bit more of showing um Maybe it's the way you don't show an actor's full body. Maybe you just show the running. Right. Like, there's a little That's bit. A those point. movements are a little bit looser on the field or on the pitch, and uh, it's it's a little more realistic and compelling. I think. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people who are like very high level soccer players or coaches or 
you know, understand the game at a much <laughs> higher level than I do. Maybe they look at this and they're like, yeah, that's all fake. I yeah, mean, obviously sure. it's a TV show, but uh, I don't, it didn't take me out of it when I'm watching yeah. it. Yeah. It's a tough job where they're like, the show is the show is not burdening itself with like, we need to introduce soccer to people yeah, who are no, watching the show. I, they don't need to do that. I mean, I was just thinking about how like it's, I, I was wondering if it was going to be confusing or if it was going to, I was going to learn a lot about soccer watching this. But it is kind of a it's kind of a classic trope of like uh, a, a lot of the strategy that we hear is like you got to pass more to your teammates. <laughs> yeah, they're fast on the outside. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not all about you out there. It's yeah. about us. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> I mean, I think too, soccer itself is pretty intuitive, and in that even if you didn't yeah. know any yeah. of the rules, it's like you know that there are two teams, and you know that when the ball goes in the net, that's the goal, and yeah. the score is often as simple as one to zero. So mm-hmm. you can you can watch it from that perspective, even if you're not super in tune with all the you know, the different rules of the teams or the players or the formations or whatever. Mm-hmm, right. You know, you can still enjoy it from that yeah. perspective. You know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, one of my first impressions from rewatching this again, the show is incredibly tightly written. It's there, there very are, slick. There are so many callbacks and little inclusions of things that uh, I didn't even notice the second or third time that I'm catching now. Yes. Mm. So, like, um, just little jokes that they write in that come back later. It's, it's, it's very, very, very impressive. The way they do it, I because agree. it doesn't hit you over the head, and it's not it's it's super subtle, and I don't feel like the show goes out of its way to acknowledge it either. Hmm. So um, there's a lot there. I didn't notice, for example, there's a scene that we see of Keeley in the vodka ad with the lion. Which oh right, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you see it as like an ad on the side of a door, right? Yeah. In an right. establishing shot, and it's like, oh, I didn't I didn't notice that really. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. So the show does a very good job in that regard. It makes it feel like all of it was written all at once, which I think. One thing that I'm also very interested about this show is the way that it feels like an American show and a British show at the same time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, like there's something really fun about a lot of American sports movie tropes yeah. being <laughs> dropped into this sort <laughs> yeah, of totally. British atmosphere against the, the backdrop of English Premier League football, which is one of like the, you know, biggest sports leagues in the entire world, if not the biggest league in the totally. entire world. Yeah. So right. it's fun to watch Ted Lasso's sort of uh, folksy optimism portrayed mm-hmm. against what can be kind of the... Uh, I don't know, like the, the, I'm soggy. Temperament. Yeah, exactly. Just like the, yeah, yeah the, well, the, I've heard this, yeah. like I, I have a friend who's from England and he's saying like, here we're raised to sort of be like, it's going to work out. You're going to be okay. Like the optimism. And I think he's like, that's not the case in England. Like you're, you, you're raised to expect the worst and you're raised to be like, it's probably not going to work out. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that's, that's just a, yeah. a general feeling i think that settles over a population i don't know if that's true or not maybe that isn't true if you're listening and you're british but that's what i've been told by people we talked about men in blazers earlier yeah and roger bennett who's who's very very gung-ho about america he Mm -hmm. just wrote a book about how he you know his life growing up and his want to come to america his fascination with america and one of the he's an everton fan and one of his constant things that he used to he always talks about like when his team loses having to take a sad nap drink a little bit of malbec and the other phrase he always says is evil always wins so there's an element of that that's contrasted against like american sports optimism i I was gonna say i i mean it's like we were saying it it seems at first that rebecca welton's gonna be the villain then it seems like Jamie Tart is the villain, but I have a feeling that his reckoning is coming and <laughs> he's going to change and grow. Um, and uh, and then, I mean, I guess Rupert is kind of a villain, but I don't know how much he really matters 
except to Rebecca. Mm-hmm. I, I, it feels like the only real villain so far is just cynicism in general. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. really what is what? Uh, yeah, what Ted is out to defeat. And that's the thing where like the, this show refuses to present any character as as one sided. Like you, you yeah. never are just getting even like the even the fans at the pub. Like you saw in that last episode, in episode yes. five. Even now, they're still like, "Yeah, but he's a nice guy." Like yeah. they've mm-hmm. met him, and so they're not just like totally dumb, just <laughs> like screw this guy. Yeah, they're starting to feel like, yeah, but like well, we love our team, and he's doing his best. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and and even even like the bartender. So I noticed. So the bartender at that pub is. I was like trying to track who's the first person that Ted turns around. And I think it's the bartender because he has that little interaction where he's like, I'm a very visual learner, so thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the wanker thing. <laughs> and then when the whole pub's booing in the next episode, she just has a little like, give him a chance at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's the first person to kind of yeah. turn, um, which I thought was a nice touch. And all the minor characters are like that. Um, and the show just the show just will never paint anyone with a broad brush. And it's, it's really respectable. Yeah. It's hard there's, to do. There's an element of Ted Lasso's sort of way the lasso way, not only does it wear people down, but it also brings them in. So I think for a character like Rebecca or Trent Krim mm-hmm. or or Jamie or whomever it is, he has to wear them down. Roy Kent, he has to wear them down. You got to dip with that a, biscuit and some milk. Exactly. Soften them <laughs> up. Hard Those cookie. tough cookies. Yeah. yeah. But for a character like Nate or like Higgins, or um, maybe it's some of the, fo- maybe it's the, some of the hooligans, or maybe it's the bartender, mm-hmm. like they can just kind of bring, he can kind of bring them in. It's just gravity. Know? It's like, yeah, yeah there's totally. a, there's a, there's a magnetism or a charisma mm-hmm. about him that's very undeniable, which is kind mm-hmm. of, which is very fun to see like play out on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that stood out to me this time is the, the way they get exposition done in that first episode. I mean, that's always an issue with pilot episodes or with anything. It's like, yeah. how do you provide the exposition in a non cheesy way? Yeah. And this one was so good. Like I say, you get a glimpse of these tabloids from the owner and you just sort of that conversation with the ex coach, you get the sense, Oh, okay. She has the team used to be run by this guy. Didn't mm-hmm. end well. Um, she's shaking things up. You get the Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. That's fantastic. Insert, uh, on the sports center. Guy. Oh, who is, I guess I don't He's know. He's ESPN anchor. Oh, oh I, yeah, I remember ESPN. this scene. Oh, okay. He's a real yes. guy. Got that it. That was it. just done perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, was, it felt just like a real segment. Yeah. And Scott Van Pelt did a really I, good job. I love that video that they show of Ted Lasso dancing. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's like one of the first moments where it's like, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to like this show. Yeah. yeah. And that's the first glimpse you get of Ted Lasso. <laughs> yes. Like, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, another, and then so that's. I just thought that was all really well done to get us to the place where Ted Lasso arrives. And then for me, the first time I watched it, the mystery was, what is he doing here? Like, Mm -hmm. he seems like he was happy in Kansas. He's got a wife and kid. Why is he here? And they slowly show you that hand as far as like that first phone call where he just has, he says, I love you. She doesn't say it back. And you start to be like, okay, yeah, he's he's escaping something and you don't know what. And but it's very it's not heavy handed the way they do it. Well, I, I actually, too, I, I about that whole storyline, I appreciate that it's like we get, a, we get a glimpse that something's wrong between them with that mm-hmm. first phone call, and then it's not really addressed again until this fifth episode. And, and, that, and then it works itself out. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, issue, the problem's kind of over now, right? I, they don't drag the show down with no, it. No, no, yeah. which I appreciate because I think some of that drama can get dragged out too much. I think, mm-hmm. too, that there's something very... Uh, I think it helps the show tremendously that Ted Lasso doesn't have a love interest that's developed 
over the mm-hmm. course of the yes. season. That there is a romantic element of it and there is a dramatic element to it. Like there is a storyline that needs to get worked out. But it's not as if Ted Lasso flies to England and what do you know? He meets somebody who works for the team and they right. strike up an unlikely romance. You know? Yeah. Like I think that would be a lot clunkier. You'd expect than, that almost. Yeah, too. exactly. Like yeah. it's not as if Ted and Rebecca are on this path to, you know, they yeah. haven't planted those seeds, you know. And I think yeah. that the show is much better for it that each each of those characters has a more compelling individual story mm-hmm. that's not necessarily tied up in falling in love with each other, you know? Right. Yeah. Speaking of romance, mm-hmm. though, I think the other characters we haven't really talked about are Keely Jones yep. and uh, Roy Kent and Jamie, uh, Jamie Tart. Um, Jamie which Tart. I, I feel Christy, like uh, I feel like there's a bit of a love triangle here now oh. with the way that this fifth episode ended. Oh. I can't wait for you to hear this one particular line later in the show. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, and that that plays out a lot at the banquet scene or the charity banquet they yeah. have, um, which we'll get to the individual episodes. But yes, that's that's really the main, the epicenter of romance in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it allows us to get multitudes of Jamie Tart. Uh, and for at least for a while, it's like, oh, there's this bad side of him. Oh, and there's also this bad side of him. Yeah. Um, but they do a good job of reminding him. It's like he's this twenty-three-year-old, twenty-three-year-old rich footballer, and so even when I'm watching it, you're like, "That guy sucks," but I get it. But like, he sucks. Well, they they keep giving him these moments where he thinks about it, and then he does the wrong thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's how I know. Eventually, I assume we're gonna get to he thinks about it and does the right thing. Totally. And that's like that part where. Uh, we've sort of mentioned this, like um, this American optimistic American come into a coming into a dour British situation mm-hmm. and sort of that butts heads. And I'm glad that the show doesn't uh, it's it struggles with Ted Lasso, everyone there. And like he's constantly called the, like he's mentioned is like Yankee Doodle, you know, yeah, yeah. yeehaw bullshit. Yeah. Like Ronald McDonald. Yeah. And they're all just yeah. like, OK, we get your shtick. Like yeah. they call him right away. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, OK, like he <laughs> you, it's like he has to prove to them that he's not doing an act, that he's real. And that takes a really long time. And so I'm glad that they don't just have people being like, Oh, this guy's optimistic. Cool. Mm -hmm. Like they're just like, get dude, don't bring that in here, please. Yeah. Um, And he has to find other ways to reach people. Yeah. um, Including, you know, asking people like how they tick and doing a little of his research and Mm -hmm. sort of that subtle coaching that Trent Krim writes about. Um, It's fun to watch that play out in a a really real way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Roy and Jamie are portrayed as foils for one another. They're almost mm. like the same similar players portrayed at different points in their journey. I mean, right. Roy at the banquet talks about how when he was a young upstart, there was an old guy and he hated his guts too. And yeah. they butted heads. And now he feels that same way with Jamie. And uh, even after that, Jamie says, see you die. And, and Roy just laughs it off, which I think, you know, <laughs> they're, 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 you get a better sense for each of them by, by consistently putting them against each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Keely obviously is kind of in the middle of that. And she has that line where she says, you know, when I, when I was 18, I started dating a 23 year old football player. And now that I'm almost 30, I'm still dating a 23 year old football player. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I mean, there's an element of that for sure. I think I like the way that the show really early on, Ted Lasso referred to her in the headline as a woman whose relationship status does not define her. I like yeah. that, you know, that the show kind of goes out of yeah. it's trying at least, you know, mm-hmm. um, even though that love triangle thing is pretty well-trod territory. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought at first that I wasn't going to enjoy those characters as much, actually. Mm-hmm. But I, I found myself really liking that, that story. 
like I, I'm I don't know I I guess I'm thinking about uh, what was that space show with Steve Carell Space Force Space Force that was a show that really had some weak uh, like uh, side characters supporting characters supporting mm-hmm. story arcs and th- th- this is a good example of I feel like every every storyline I'm I'm still interested in still invested they're in. so intertwined and yeah. it's all really contained to this team so mm-hmm. like even physically they're all passing through the same locations all the time and that mm-hmm. really helps it feel like there's not a lot of fat on the show as yeah. opposed to other shows where people are going other places they live different places there's sort of other storylines develop that does happen here, but it's all together and all the relationships are interdependent with each other. And so it like it just works. It's very clean. It's it's there's just not a lot of fat on the show. Yeah. Even though it's such a it's it is a it's just like dripping in sweetness. And it's it's <laughs> like even watching the show, there's moments where I'm like, okay, like come on. Yeah, but yeah. then it's like I can't resist. I just yeah, can't really yeah. resist it. Like I think oh, another, and, and yes, I mean that's kind of the point, right? I think yeah. I think that's that's the overwhelming piece of the show. But I think another way it balances is not just an English sensibility that the show is contrasted against, but it's a very multicultural yeah. sensibility. I mean, I think Sam as a character is another way that they bring it in, where mm-hmm. you know Ted Lasso is bringing a very, I guess you can call it a very stereotypical American sort of approach with uh, his coaching style and his optimism, whatever the hope, you know, mm-hmm. as they'll talk about later. Um, but when he tries to give Sam that little army man. He says, yeah. I, don't, I don't have the same fondness for the U.S. military that you I do. I love that. Like, well, yeah, that makes a lot of <laughs> yeah. sense. You know? So there's, there's, yeah, and we haven't seen a lot from him, but Richard, who, who's later, but later in the show, is Zoro, who yeah. comes in later. Yeah. Okay. Danny Rojas. Like, these other characters have different points of views that they bring in. Mm-hmm. So I God, think I can't that wait helps. for you to meet Danny Rojas. Yeah. He, just, he just comes in like a sunbeam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the way that the show is able to balance these things together, I think, is really, really compelling and very impactful, you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. it's what saves it, I think, from being super saccharine or being overly sweet. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the show, the fact that uh, the show can still feel the way it does and not just kind of be like, okay, you know? Totally. For the most mm-hmm. part, that doesn't really hit me in that way, you know, mm-hmm. which is good. Like, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's it's an achievement, really. Yeah. Right. And even, even that little interaction that he has with the driver when he first arrives, first episode. Yeah. And it just comes back later. You don't see him keeping up with that guy but he's like that's where he decides to go eat and it's a very subtle way and then it's like oh that's his family's restaurant and it touches on all of these things that make ted lasso uh why everyone is sort of drawn to him which is he he actually means it he actually cares i can't believe he cooks all those bakes all those cookies Mm -hmm. oh and the cookies yeah (laughs) biscuits with the boss yeah well and a lot of the one thing i noticed too on this rewatch is that the side characters become even like obviously we see like the way that he brings in the people along for the journey but it's not just the people that are in his way or like the people that have lines necessarily like the way he brings in shannon yeah uh, the the student who who you know is really good at dribbling through people's legs and that yeah. kind of thing the way that she the, they bring her in like the the singer guy that they bring in oh uh, right yeah cam cole, cam they, cole. Yeah. they show him at least two other times cam, whoever yeah while he's yeah. walking down the street that's right is, so they they do a really good job I of love like a troubadour. utilizing yeah exactly of utilizing all of that which i thought was very very well done mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. um, and higgins i mean <laughs> what a talk, great we'll more character. about higgins yeah, yeah. yeah. higgins yeah. and nathan are really uh i i perk up every time they're on screen <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean nathan too nathan's just 
Nathan's just a perfect character. Yes. They do a really great job of, like, I think for a character that talks so much in Ted Lasso, same with Rebecca, she has a lot of dialogue. And then you, it's balanced very well by Coach Beard, who has very, very momentary interjections, mm-hmm. but they're always said with a lot of confidence and a lot of very, like, he knows exactly who he is. Nate, who's speaking up, like, He's he's really got to put all of his effort into saying anything, yes. you know. <laughs> yes. um, and then Higgins, but he's totally yeah. committed to his job. And we meet Nate when he's sprinting across the field, going like, "Don't touch the grass! Get off the grass!" <laughs> yeah. And he, so he comes in like, "This yeah. is his job. He's doing it." He realizes yeah. the coach, and he's like, "Take all the grass you want. Come <laughs> more in the bin." I love that scene where Trent is uh, inquiring about Nate, and who is Nate the Great? He's like, "Over here." <laughs> Somebody's been walking the dog. Found another poo. Yeah. It off the it's the man but... who's written this, yeah, come up with yeah. this play, who's brainstorming the offense for a Premier League attack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I do like the way that uh, they kind of return to this element of uh, Rebecca outwardly sort of showing this face of, I really want the team to succeed, Ted, and I'm behind you and I believe in you. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of a lot of these episodes, she said, fuck. You know, yeah, yeah. It happens again and again. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought the, the Trent Krim, the independent episode, is particularly effective because we hear the words read from Higgins. Yes. And he even has to say, remember, these are not my words. Yeah. And, uh, and then, like, it's written in a way that's very effective. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and even, even if he does fail, I won't gloat. Yes. You know, I yeah. thought that was a very, very, like, well done way to express it. The way to kind of uh, explain the lasso way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's ultimately what the lasso way is at the end of that article is like, I'm rooting for him. Mm-hmm. And, and no matter what happens, I'm rooting for you. That's sort of how I feel like how Ted Lasso is approaching all of this and all of his interactions mm-hmm. with his players. Um, yeah. And I think it's, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, we'll probably get to this too, but with the second half of the show, this is a great natural split. Obviously it's the middle of the season, but it sort of ends with like Ted Lasso at a low point. Yeah. And yep. the team has won a game and maybe they're going to be decent now, mm-hmm. but this threat of relegation is always there. And this feels like that's also what Ted Lasso is going through and sort of like being relegated even in his own life by his Mm. family of like, Mm -hmm. I'm out and I don't want to be, but I'm going to have to be okay with that. And so his own optimism is now like, hey, can you believe your own speeches? Can you believe your own thing that you teach people? Yeah. That's sort of what's set up for the second half. Mm. And his relationship almost challenges him to do the opposite of what he's been doing now. He says to his wife, Michelle, I've never given up on anything. Yeah, you right. Know? And th- and that's the that's the difference because he's so invested in these players and the team that he doesn't give up. That's his whole mm-hmm. thing, and he has to do the opposite in his own relationship. Yeah, for the sake of his for the sake of the I would say his marriage, but it is his relationship. But she, and she does yeah. say you're not giving up. You're just letting me go. You yeah, know, you're just doing something that's hard. Yeah. But it's just it's very it's uh, I hate, I keep using effective, but the way that they invert that yeah. I think yeah. is really strong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's a really good choice. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like this show? feels more american or more british to you there's something british about and maybe i'm wrong i i I, and i'm not even sure what show i'm thinking of but i feel like issues arise and then it's not really a big deal Mm -hmm. like the picture of him wiping ketchup off of uh keely's Keely's face face. like those things pop up and then they never like you're like oh shit and then it never really pans out to anything catastrophic i feel like that feels british to me Mm. but maybe i'm wrong there's yeah i it's god it feels 50 50 yeah it does feel more american i think um given the subject matter and given some of the way they use like music cues and i don't know there's something uh 
the pacing of it feels a little more American. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some cartoonishness to the characters that feels a little more American than British. But mm-hmm. again, it's it's really close. It's it's a pretty close split for me. I think that's one of the best things about it is that I don't really know. Yeah. yeah. Like obviously the the way that it ends on high notes so often or gives you those like moments of uplifting mm-hmm. like that sentiment is very I feel like it's very American. But at the same time the overall sensibility and obviously the location is so yeah. clearly British. Um I haven't watched the show in a little while, but did you guys watch Catastrophe? Yeah. Oh totally. yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the way that they have an American guy in that. I right. feel like that show skews much more towards British. But definitely. Um but it it just uh this is the only show I can think of that's comparable where you have like this sort of balance with that. You know? Right. Yeah, I uh, British shows tend to be a little more comfortable in letting the tension just kind of hang mm-hmm. for longer. And this seems to resolve that tension, like you said, quicker. Maybe maybe the biscuits are the perfect analogy for this show, which is that it's an American making a British treat. And it's yeah. really good. Yeah. But it's you know, he's making it. Maybe he's putting more <laughs> he's putting more cream and heavy butter into it. Barbecue <laughs> sauce. Yeah, yes. barbecue <laughs> sauce. <laughs> but that's sort of what he's the show frying is. Frying the cookies. Those, yeah. I mean those <laughs> these kinds of shows are really interesting. Like it, it makes me think of a show called Lily Hammer. Did you ever remember seeing that seen it, advertised on Netflix? I remember seeing it on Netflix, yeah. Can't remember his name, but from oh, the, Sopranos. Yeah, the the Van uh what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could have told you his name, Steve Van Sant or something. I feel like that's his name. But he's in, you know, I mean, they're in uh, uh, Scandinavia or in Sweden, and it's right. it's hard to tell. It's like, is this an American show or a <laughs> Scandinavian show? It's yeah. it's hard to tell. Yeah, I, I I just I love that contrast and that setting. That's yeah. just I think like really 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 interesting. And one thing I was drawn to early on, Sean, when we in the first episode, you were like, oh, the, you you noticed the music. How do you guys feel about the music in this show? I think it's a very unique part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely part of what kind of makes it feel like such an uplifting show. The mm-hmm. music is very, it's that, it's that guitar, like just very The acoustic guitar optimistic. is such a signpost. It's yeah. like, oh, here comes a moment. Like mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the theme song is a bit of it. A lot of the outro songs are in, in that zone i mean it's it's marcus mumford who does the theme song so there right. is that that piece of it you know mm-hmm. it's it's folk music for the folksy guy you know yeah so they <laughs> together yeah yeah mm-hmm. i overall I, I honestly i don't i don't love the music of the show okay I, it's a little the show's already so sweet and yeah. the music feels like at too like there's too much frosting on the cake a little mm. bit mm-hmm. i don't need it i could i could do for I, something a little different uh, the mumford I it's don't tough. love Muff. I don't love Mumford and Sons, or even like Mumford and Sons. But <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it fits. I mean, it puts it, it it for me just like starting the pilot like right away. Like I got the I got the tone. I yep. got the vibe of the show. Yeah, yeah. and so that that uh, I think works. Yeah, that was something that I mean. You meant you were just you mentioned you mentioned something about the music. I don't remember exactly. I, I did. I, I yeah. I, I I like the music. Yeah, and I I mean I think overall it's pretty well done. I agree that there are a lot of times where it it's a little it can be a little over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in those moments, and uh, yeah, they do a really good job of like the little acoustic guitar cues mm-hmm. in in a lot of the moments. I mm-hmm. noticed that when. Um, there's a scene really early on where Ted is holding the door for Rebecca and it like waits a long time and they hit the same harmonic note again and again, uh. and, again, <laughs> and, again and again, which I thought was a, just like an interesting sort of key. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was just something I, I thought I'd, I'd mention. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. We, we gave ourselves a very strict uh, 45 minute time limit and my idea or the, the premise would be like, let's just see how we feel. 
you know, yeah. first impressions, talk through it, and then we can go episode by episode. We have 12 minutes left. <laughs> we've, we've done quite a bit on yeah. first impressions. Yeah, so sure. I guess let's just go through moments. We can maybe. go through for we can go episode by episode if you want, or we can take it whatever you guys wrote down, whatever you noted, whatever you want to talk about. I think how do you want to take this? We got 12 minutes left. Plus stoppage time if we need it. So I mean, I, I I love the idea of looking at the episode so that we don't really miss anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we've talked about the the pilot quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just went through and made some notes per episode. We yeah. can just jump through real that quick. Yeah, great. yeah. What do you? What did you know? Cool. What did you note? Um, coaches calling each other coaches. I love that. There's a <laughs> there's a few professions where they do that. Yeah. Uh, like doctors always yeah. refer to each other mm-hmm. as doctors. Chefs. They yeah. always call each other chef. Yeah, yeah. Coaches is one of those. Yeah. Um, and I love those like non-high professional jobs where they still call each other that. <laughs> yes. um, I coached basketball for a year and got to feel that. Like, oh, I'm in this coach. Club. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. it's a nice feeling. Oh. Yeah. Uh, where do you fall on the GIF-GIF battle? GIF. GIF. Yeah. It's a GIF. Because the actual word, it, the GIF stands for... Grouped image file? I thought it was generated... Or is it is it um, no, it, graphics interchange format? Oh, oh right? right. Wow, I don't know. <laughs> I thought, well, that's but both of those. Yeah, exactly. Because it's graphics interchange. Graphics yeah. interchange format. I think yeah. graphics. So you go with GIF. Yeah, exactly. Because mm, it's yes. graphics. Anyway, yeah, that's where I stand on it. True. Yeah, whoever you should too. Yeah, <laughs> I very confidently said the wrong definition, <laughs> which is a very like American it. thing to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just tried your best. Yeah. That's all I had from the pilot. Um, I mean, we, if, if we want to go by the pilot, I mean, I just thought it was very interesting the way that you give everyone like a very, the first impressions you get don't linger for very long. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like in a lot of other, like one thing that I notice about this show is that so much happens in 10 episodes. Yeah. Not only does it develop all the characters, but like you have to, you know, put them in gameplay. You have mm-hmm. to put them in situations where the players are supposed to develop personally. Mm-hmm. You have to give ted lasso opportunities to coach but also opportunities where the players don't really listen to his coaching like yep. mm-hmm. and then you have all the games that have to play and their season that comes together and then you layer on like the banquet and the photo shoot mm-hmm. and all these other things there's mm-hmm. so much that happens it's not as a it's not the same as another sitcom where you have a couple episodes to kind of learn who characters are you know right yeah. they do a really good job of i think showing without telling you know i think i mean that was the other thing with the pilot and i, I think alex pretty much said this but it just the, the way that they very very quickly set it all up like mm-hmm. this is ted lasso he's going to england he doesn't know anything about soccer yeah. like like yeah let's just get to it i right. don't i don't need i mean i just we want, don't need to meet ted yeah. lasso until he's coming out of the airport yeah yeah or mm-hmm. like on the plane over I just want. I just was watching Hacks. People really like Hacks, and 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 I'm gonna watch more of it. But I, I the the pilot of Hacks, I don't think does a good. Uh, that's a good example of maybe like mm-hmm. them struggling a little bit with the with ex- setting up the rest of the show, mm-hmm. and it, and it's done really well here. I think like I see this as a. Uh... Like the first two or three episodes, kind of grouped together, which is like Ted at the club trying to bring people in. The press is kind of this sort of uh, the yeah. press and the fans are kind of antagonizing forces. Just getting the um, getting the car started. Yeah, and he wins them over. And then you have the banquet in episode four, and then the game in episode five. Mm-hmm. I thought the banquet was really interesting because he gets an opportunity to put Jamie and uh, Roy at the same table and make Parent a trap, fight. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a it it kind of um it's not a bottle episode obviously, but it right. brings people together in the same room and allows things to happen. It brings right. Rupert back into the fold, making this sort of surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, appearance. And there is something that's very like, um, I mean, 
I'm trying to think of the right word. I feel sinister that he can come in and do whatever he wants and yes. everybody loves him. Yeah. You know? He, oh. he is the real villain. Yeah. That in yes. the public eye, like, he can kind of do no wrong because he's very charismatic and he delivers a good line into a microphone, yeah. you know? Yeah. He, it's like a, it's like the entrance of a supervillain where he opens the door from the back and just yells out in the middle yeah. of the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. What, well, who is he, the Joker? You know? And it's yeah. like, and I mean, yeah. it's another thing, too, <laughs> that, that Rebecca, <laughs> that Rebecca can't do anything about it makes it him even, like, more terrifying, I think. That totally. She's, and he she's, already knows she's like, like i can't do any money you need the goal was above yeah. eight hundred thousand pounds and he waited till the very end to be like he's a million drop the above it yeah yeah so you got your goal yeah yeah Ugh. he's even got the white jacket so he like stands he, he's out a, he's yeah. a total bond yeah. villain like, right. uh, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. it's very oh, yeah yeah uh episode two uh we went through everything i wrote i just i also wrote down some of my favorite quotes and this one was just lose, lose the ponytail like, do you remember the first thing you said to me <laughs> in uh-huh. kansas lose the ponytail mm-hmm. episode two directed by zach braff Mm-hmm. Hey! One other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that Bill Lawrence is an executive producer on the show, and he was kind from of from Scrubs. From Scrubs, yeah. wow! So I was curious to see if you guys saw any sort of overlap. It there. does have a Scrubsy vibe. It does kind of have a Scrubsy vibe. Yeah. yeah, a sudden shift with the music that's like, now we're serious. Like, yeah. yeah, this is a real that's moment true. we're about to have. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's that's wow. I remember yeah. back in October listening to um, there's this podcast called The Watch where they interviewed Bill Lawrence and they talked to him about like making the show and going to England yeah. and kind of immersing themselves in soccer culture. Mm-hmm. One thing I brought it up to you before, Sean, is that he mentioned the difference between like film crews in the U.S. and the U.K. and mm. that the U.S. they will go you'll go have really long days and you yes. like mm-hmm. to get the shot to get everything you need to be done. You'll like go really long. Mm-hmm. And in the U.K. it's like five o'clock. No, we'll come back tomorrow. Like that, yeah. that's what he cast as the major difference. That is so, that's so funny because that literally sounds impossible to me <laughs> to, to make a movie. You would never finish. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything um, from episode two? Uh, not specifically that I wrote down. I mean, so much of what I kind of came up with was like, what could be fun discussion questions for us, you know, to kind of take mm-hmm. it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought like one thing that, um, really stands out from this is like the fact that it seems like Ted Lasso is not taking this seriously with the party, with the birthday party, right, right. that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But yeah, obviously that's part of um, them not being on his side or not really seeing kind of his way yet. You know, he's, he's got to do some um, like foundation work first. Mm-hmm. It seems like yeah. get the, get the shower water pressure fixed. Then we can talk about yeah. <laughs> winning games. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I'll listen to you. I'm yeah. taking you seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't care that no one else is yet. He's like, he knows he'll get there. He's like, yeah. mm-hmm. it'll take some time. It's like the results will come once you change the foundations, mm-hmm. you switch out everything else. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, as we move, if we, if Higgins acid reflux, is just a great little yeah, detail of this show. Five minutes yeah. left. Boys. Okay. And something I haven't really noticed before. Or, yeah. I mean, like it's I a little, it's a subtle way. thing, but yeah, it's, I noticed it more this time. Just yeah. like when he's asked to do something that. He's oh. like, I really like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny he's a really good actor. He's really he's, good. I, I really I love him. any moment where he gets to dance. Yes. Or express himself physically. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you can uh, really cut loose. Yeah. Trent Krim? Can we talk about Trent Krim? Oh, I, the yeah. third one. It, yeah. I'm just, I'm obsessed with Trent yeah. Krim. Everything about Give him. what you got, yeah. His yeah. look, his, his hair, hair. The way he... He's kind of slinky how he moves. He holds yeah. his glasses in a very comforting way to me. I don't know why that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his voice. I just, I just want to be Trent Krim. Man. I want more Trent Krim. Are we going to get any more Trent Krim? All will be revealed. All will be revealed. <laughs> um, I love. The, I love that they're both struggling through the. Uh, 
hot food, hot Indian food. That's a really great. Such a funny yeah. little pit. I do like. Yeah, I like when he's just like, I cannot eat this. He starts to ask a <laughs> yeah. question, then it's like, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, even this, even this like icy British journalist yeah. is like. Uh, and, and I thought it's incredibly well written his article and it seems mm-hmm. like that's exactly what that character would have come to which is mm-hmm. like I can't just trash the guy yeah. I mean he's really doing his thing and they visit the <laughs> school together and um, his outfit everything about Trent Krim is appealing to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> that moment when he leaves I don't know why it's I just, agree I, it's just something yeah. I want to see him I want to watch him on screen I do too The I, I agree with you in that regard that, I love when he he, he chops the like popper dumb in half and he's like yeah, symbolic, uh, symbolic gesture let battle commence yes. you know and then at the end when he when he is like I, I have to leave Ted yeah. says I genuinely enjoyed spending this time with you and he goes, you really mean like that, you don't really you? Mean that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> there's something really great about that. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there's something very, I think, I, I think we can call it Midwestern about like needing yeah. to like eat the, enough of the food to make, yeah, like, like, be respectful. Oh, totally. Yeah. I totally. That totally resonates. Absolutely. I remember one time just going with Chris Griffith to somebody's house and like, <laughs> We were just picking that's one them of our up. Friends. Yeah, that's one of our friends. Just <laughs> and like we were just going to pick up some somebody and take them to a party, and like the mom just kept bringing out like food, and Chris was like, "Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you so much," and just kept eating and eating so much, and like we left, and I was like, "Dude, like, are you starving or something?" Okay. He's like, "I I ate before that. I just didn't want to be impolite." Mm-hmm. I know the family. I was just like, totally I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh. Yeah, that was... Oh, another thing I noted that I noticed from this um, with Coach Beard, this is good to cut into the next episode, is that in every single scene Coach Beard is in, uh, his hands are either... His arms are folded yeah. or his hands are in his pockets. Hmm. Every single scene, except <laughs> at the banquet when he's talking uh, the chess moves with the girl mm-hmm. yeah. and he's leaned up against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only scene. I was like, I wonder if that was intentional to always yeah. have his... All yeah. his arms folded or in his pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's uh, he's vulnerable when he's talking. But the game chess. before the dame. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, we only have two minutes left for uh, episode four for the children. I feel like we talked about we that talked one about of it, that. Yeah. Sure. A bit, and and even same with uh, same with tan lines. <laughs> Nate reveals that he was an understudy for Anita in West Side Story. So funny. Yeah. When he says that, Coach Beard kind of squares up and turns towards him in this really <laughs> way. Yeah. Like, like they all, there's a weird musical undercurrent. Like, a lot of details musicals. from music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really uh-huh. funny. I uh, oh, just the with Nate again. It when he makes the box, <laughs> yeah, the box. suggestion box, <laughs> the first suggestion box, and he's like telling him that he made it with his niece he's like i really enjoy I like glimpses it. into your personal life I, I love making crafts i love glimpses into your personal life <laughs> yes yeah. that's it we peel back yet another layer of the nathan onion the juicy beautiful layer of the nathan yeah. onion. <laughs> oh it's great i can't wait for more yeah mm. uh the alone scene with rebecca outside the banquet when she's talking to ted, ted lasso yeah. about not wanting to be alone mm-hmm. heartbreak it's just brutal yeah. man yeah everything she's been through and she knows she's like no matter what, they're gonna love him, and I'm I'm alone, just like yeah. he said I would be, and it's just like I a just knife, I, dude. I know what's co- I know that she's gonna give up on her plan to destroy the team and come around and be all about this. I'm mm-hmm. just wondering when it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. What when? a great lead in to the second half. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Job, yeah. I do think that we should touch on this episode five with the game because I think that's really yeah. important. It is another in-game yeah. moment where mm-hmm. Ted kind of makes this breakthrough with the team by benching Jamie. 
right. was kind yes. of an important symbolic yes. moment. After he scores yeah. the only two goals the only two that goals. they have. And I, won't, totally. I don't want to you know, dip into what's to come, but I think it's really interesting to see. There are sort of these like marking moments in the show with, with the games, the actual gameplay. Right, yes, right. Totally. Using really, Jamie yeah. as a decoy before mm-hmm. that. Yeah. All right. Oh. There it is. All right. That's minutes. our time. Do we want? Do we need to go over for stoppage time? Up to five minutes. Oh, I love when you Doc Brown. In? Yeah. <laughs> the actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, that's. I mean, that's it for me. I, that's all I got. No, I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, I'm not taking notes. I'm just. I'm just yeah. soaking in the mm-hmm. show. That's good. You should on your first that's, one. Uh, so. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I'm just. Yeah, I'm kind of just ready to get back. I was at trying it. to pull just in case we needed some random discussion questions and uh, from the episodes. And here's one that I one thought stoppage was, time question was kind of funny. So yeah. we see Ted Lasso when he enters his new apartment, take one snack from the gift basket and start eating it. Uh huh. If you were to take a snack from the gift basket, what's your first choice? Oh, I didn't. Oh man, I didn't if see you got what just was a in gift, it. If, if any sort oh, of gift, gummy basket. bears. Oh wow! If there's a gu- if there's gummy bears in the mm-hmm. gift basket, I'm I'm always gonna choose uh, salt over sugar. I'm a savory guy, so I'd probably choose like a pretzel or something, mm-hmm. something snacky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was th- like, you, I feel like Pringle is usually like a yeah a go to. Yeah, <laughs> or or uh, there's probably some some sort of nuts. I'd probably mm-hmm. go for those Ooh. almonds. I That's either thought, boring. yeah, well, I'm I'm not that exciting when it comes to food. I, I thought a Pringle or a gummy bear; those are the two yeah. things that pop <laughs> Look up. Look at that! There, so split the difference Boom. there. This yeah. is what makes us a perfect it's team. It's the coach bringing us together. Okay, look well, at us. This wraps up the first half episode of Biscuits with the Boss, our podcast series on top. Ted Lasso. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this, and I hope you stay with us for the second half. Watch the next five episodes of Ted Lasso and come join us for part two. Uh, I hope you'll join us. See you soon. That's basketball. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.